Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hour number two of the Get Right. Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Attitude. That is correct. Ruben Portillo holding it down for you here. With 10 games left, we got to gauge the temperature of the Western Conference in the NBA. Spicy. And where the Mavericks are heading into those final 10 games as they get ready to welcome in Stephen Curry and the Golden State Warriors tomorrow night at the American Airlines Center, at Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg Atatula. Stars down by one to the Seattle Kraken at the AAC with 520 left in the first period. Lots of sports happening right now. A lot of things happening. You got the World Baseball Classic as well. Yeah, they're down right now, though. As Team Japan right now is up on Team USA, Trey Turner has a home run for Team USA as they look to defend their World Baseball Classic Championship. They are down by two, three to one in the top of the fifth inning with Kyle Schwarber coming to the plate with two outs and runners on first and second looking to make something special happen in Miami. We'll keep you up to date on everything happening there as well, including what may be an overtime game coming soon between North Texas and Oklahoma State in the quarterfinals of the NIT tournament. Uh, in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And yes, from the 254, I'm sorry, I got to for, forgot to mention um, Perry the Platypus. Perry the Platypus? Mm-hmm. Uh, he is also a part of the program. Yep. I mean, not right. like the real. This is a real unlicensed Perry the Platypus. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. But he makes his nightly appearance. I don't want Disney. Oh, my goodness. Sorry. That's not the show. That's not the show. Okay. I'm you can tell I'm watching basketball, but we doing the show right now. Oh, okay, because you definitely it was like, what happened there? Oklahoma State just missed two free throws. All righty. Yeah. With 10 games left, Reg, what does the NBA's West look like as we start? Chaos. Stu- the answer is chaos. I mean, that's a good place to start. That's definitely a good place to start because let's run it down for the people when it comes to the NBA's West. The Denver Nuggets have already clinched a playoff spot and the only team in the West so far to have done so with 10 games left in the regular season. 30-6 and six at home so far this year for the Denver Nuggets. Meanwhile, the Memphis Grizzlies are going to see the return. It looks like a John Morant tomorrow when mm-hmm. they take on the Houston Rockets. So your, three, your top three seeds are Denver, Memphis, Sacramento. Then four through six goes like this. Phoenix, the Clippers, and the Golden State Warriors, who are a game above 500 as they come to town to take on the current seven seed in the West, your Dallas Mavericks. Now, here's a key to tomorrow's game. 
the winner between the Mavericks and the Warriors will win the season series. So that'll be tiebreaker situation. Tiebreaker situation. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to call a game a must win with 10 games left in the regular season. This would qualify tomorrow night for me as a must win wow. game for the Mavericks. Just given the incredibly tight nature of the West, you got to have all the tiebreakers that you can get. Must win game. Uh, by the time you get to the end of the regular season. More on that in a little bit. Minnesota, uh-huh. though, at the AFC, they've got some good news potentially coming for themselves. Carl Anthony Towns may be on his way back. He has not played since November the 28th with a grade three calf strain. Now, you mentioned that, and I know you're going through it. Mm-hmm. I would like to go through it in a different way, mm-hmm. and I apologize. Just stick with me. Mm-hmm. I'm not just rattling things off. Mm-hmm. Right? People focus on the Suns, right? Because the Suns end up being big names. You got a whole bunch of stars, and that Mm -hmm. ends up being the way that we talk about the NBA. And people are like, I don't know, man. You're only going to get KD back for a few games. You have to integrate and figure out what you're doing. Yeah, dog, that's everyone in the NBA. Same thing we were talking about with, hey, if Luka get back, you got to figure out. Yeah, no, that's everyone. The Denver Nuggets, obviously top of the West, but defense is a problem for them, and they've had a poor run of things of late. Right. Things have started getting wobbly, in fact, to the point where it seems like uh, the leader for the MVP is no longer Nikola Jokic. I mean, of course, there's not like an active barometer that everybody follows officially, but the winds are moving. Right. All right. There's that. Memphis Grizzlies. Clearly, John Morant hasn't been with them. But more importantly, because John Morant will be back. More importantly, they lost two of their very vital bigs, Stephen Adams it's pretty much going to be gone for the rest of the year, it yep. looks like, at this point. Brandon Clark, a very vital backup big for them, is not there. That changes the way that they play sig- mm-hmm. significantly, right? Boom. Sacramento Kings, they're Sacramento, although, right? <laughs> Which is wild, by the way, because they probably still have the defensive player of the year in Jaron Jackson. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Memphis Grizzlies? <laughs> the Memphis Grizzlies at this point. Yeah, but some of the reasons <laughs> that he's able to do what he can do is because they have the bigs that they did. Yeah. All right, so on to the Sacramento Kings. Literally the best offense in the league. Don't play a lot of defense. Just a really nice, good team, but they've benefited from not having injury issues very much. I think uh, Herder, Kevin Herder, is dealing with the injury yeah, right hamstring, now. Yeah, hamstring, I think, injury, yeah. Um, so they might be di- uh, dipping into that a little bit, and maybe they are just like the the new face of, uh, of consistent. Yes, the Sacramento Kings. Not joking. Wow. All right, Phoenix Suns we talked about. Clippers. They've had man. They've been load managing all the way through the season. They are also needing to get their guys together and figure out what they are as a team. The Golden State Warriors can't win on the road, right? Dallas Mavericks, you know what's happening there. Timberwolves just now getting cat back. Need to figure out how to do this together. And Anthony Edwards, it looks like as well, right? Like all of these teams in that in that run of things are in this weird place where they are trying to figure some things out. They are going through some major adversity, not minor things. So like. This is why I'm not so eager to go the Dallas Mavericks are done, even if I don't like feel super strong about them, because there's not really a, a, a team that you can look at in the West and go, they are definitely in a great place. Right, you just everybody you might you might have one that you prefer or one that you feel stronger about, but none of them that you can uh, hang your hat on and go. They are definitively going to make a deep run in this, simply based off the fact that everybody's got different things that they're dealing with. So, with that being the case, it really does make it so that home court advantage will matter, and like what you were talking about when it came to that tiebreak between the Warriors and Mavericks, and uh, we might see a little bit of wild this postseason. You look at it, and it's 
incredible how much parity, if you want to call it that, has permeated the Western Conference this no, year. No, you can call it that because the league has actively attempted to make this happen. Yeah, and they've achieved it in quite a nice way. Even Ruben's Oklahoma City Thunder are sitting there. They're in the play-in tournament as we speak. And I don't think we're going to be losing for much longer. All right. All right. Okay. Relax. Relax. Utah, who has been trying to lose games, I think, but they haven't gotten a memo from Danny Ainge. Like, hey, we're not next to trying to win games this year. But yet and still, here they are. If the season were to end today, they would be the 10 seed right now in the play-in tournament. Oh, yeah. The Lakers eventually get LeBron back. Eventually. Yeah. As he continues to deal with a tendon injury in his foot. So all that to say is you look at, let's just use the Mavericks for an, an example. You can use the Timberwolves, the Thunder, or the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz, I'll just use them. They are, as of today, two and a half games out of being the fifth seed in the Western Conference. Now the problem is, right, when we talk about these two and a half games, it's not simply a, oh, well, if I win two the three games and they lose, you know, three games. You got a leapfrog. There's a whole bunch of teams a bunch of teams. That. So, yes. like, the, you know, two and a half games is no longer. If we were 40 games out, two and a half games is nothing. Two and a half games is now starting to become bigger and bigger because there's only 10 games to go. And there's quite literally five or six teams that you'd be trying to jump there. So all of them would have to lose somehow. And, I mean, you got to remember. They, those teams got to be losing to somebody, right? No, but I think that that is where why this is all so odd because even while they're all tight, the race is on at this point. So I think you're going to start seeing you're not uh, you're not likely to see giant leaps, but you mm-hmm. are. I think you're going to start seeing certain teams flip flop in those certain spots, and that's why it's super important for the Mavericks right now to get over the Golden State Warriors. But with that being the case, right? Are there any teams that you like their position, right? Because obviously the Sacramento Kings, Memphis Grizzlies, that could be an interesting series. Having home court, um, or sorry, I'm saying that like they automatically going to move on. But the Grizzlies at three would be playing whoever's at six. Or sorry, the the Kings. I'm bouncing around, right? They have an interesting spot. Currently the Suns have a half game lead on the Clippers. That's an interesting place because one of them teams getting home court advantage could be huge for them. Oh, man, could you imagine that, though, just for my entertainment purposes? Both of those teams playing against each other? Who the Suns and the Clippers in round one of the West playoffs. Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George in the first round. That's, you know what that, that series Woo! would end up being? That series would be the ultimate mid-range jumper series. Woo! And I'd be here for it. Devin Booker, Chris Paul. That's a ton of star power in just around one series. Can I run something by you real quick? For those of the folks that are like, I love 90s basketball and I want it back. I know that there's some folks, some of you out there like that. Look at, When you look at Kawhi Leonard, imagine Michael Jordan. Not saying that they're exact same player. His, his style of play favors Michael. And if you look at that, it gets so much more fun. Like just seeing the way that, you know, he'll pull up on jumpers and yeah. those things. Like even the way that yeah. he attacks the rim. Watch it that way. You can make Clippers games just a little bit more fun for you if you can see just like the, the way that those games favor. Hell, a 3-6 matchup between Sacramento and Golden State. You want to talk about two teams, especially in Sacramento. Or the Dallas Mavericks. Or the Dallas Mavericks. I'll just stick with what we got based on the standings here. Imagine Mike Brown, a little bit of storyline there, playing against or coaching against his former team, 
in Golden State where he won a couple of championships with as Steve Kerr's assistant. But that would be a terrific matchup. De'Aaron Fox and Stephen Curry going at it in round one of the West playoffs. Like the matchups themselves get fun when you start actually diving into some of it. But how this still shakes out with 10 games left is anybody's guess. And for the Mavericks, they still have a chance based on where we are right now. They have a chance to probably, if things break their way, to climb as high as the fifth seed. I can't see them catching Phoenix at the fourth seed. But they do still have an outside shot of getting to as high as five in the West by getting to where the Clippers are if things break their way. I think really what you're looking for, get that win against the Warriors. You can kind of box them out, get yourself above six. That's one team at least you can box out. Yeah, yeah. That'd be great. Now, the tough thing about this, and we talked about this, I don't remember if it was yesterday or earlier um, on before that. Even if they lose that game against the Warriors, I think the biggest line of demarcation for the Mavericks is mm-hmm. making sure they don't fall below eight. Yeah, because you don't want to find yourself winning, having to win two games to go claim the eight seed. Especially because, and I understand, there's not a lot of people who are going to like this. I really do believe that the Lakers will end up in there. And if the Lakers are in there and healthy, problems. That is a problematic team. That's been one of the prevailing conversations around the league here in recent weeks is that the Lakers, if they are fully healthy and somehow find a way to get the eighth seed and take on Denver in the first round, I think there's a lot of people that look at the Lakers, especially with that newfound lineup with D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, and what they have with LeBron James coming back and Anthony Davis playing the way that he's been playing, that you could see the Lakers possibly taking out the Denver Nuggets in the first round of the West playoffs. I still think that's a little bit of a stretch, but it's definitely much more possible if the Lakers find themselves healthy at the end of the year. But you're right. If you're the Mavericks, the ultimate goal is to be in the top six, but you definitely don't want to find yourself as the nine or 10 seed trying to win two games in order to qualify for the playoffs. But the funny thing about it is I know a lot of people will go, give me the Sacramento Kings because, like, obviously all the other teams, you feel like they have star, like, you know, superstar players and you have those things that you're concerned about. The Kings worry me in a very particular way, which is what happens if you play a team that does what does you better than you? Because that's what it feels like the Sacramento Kings are. You talk about all gas, no breaks. Hello, Sacramento Kings. Best offense in the league. Defense, not so much. And they push pace. Yeah, man. They push pace like crazy. And to be honest, (laughs) not only do they push pace, they hear the talk that has been around about like, oh, but that pace thing is going to change in the the, uh, postseason. And they are taking that as a challenge. They want to try and do this uh, in like postseason basketball, which I mean, historically we view as, oh, it's going to slow down. They're like, oh, but watch us try. So like, can you imagine? But they're a team that has leaned all the way in on what they do. Sacramento has. Is that is Sacramento like, I don't know if this sounds wild. Oh my goodness. I can't imagine saying this like five years ago. Is Sacramento what, what Dallas would hope to be this year? Like the best case scenario for what Dallas could be this year, what basically what Sacramento is doing, but with better uh, point guards. Well, that's a great question. Uh, I'm not sure because when you've got a player like Luca, you're bending your will to him and how he wants to play the game, and his style of play lends itself to you're not going to push a lot of pace with Luca. You're just not. But, yeah, but he doesn't have to be the one running all the time. One of the things that we've noticed, you can kind of throw the ball forward, right, and let the likes of Jaden Hardy and Josh Green, who have 
uh, energy for days. Kyrie Irving, who loves pushing the tempo, let those guys go mm-hmm. running, and then you can come trail. A la Dirk. He did that all the time. Work out. It's going to be a wild, wild west for the next 10 games there. as the Mavericks try to find themselves in the top six of the West. Otherwise, it will be treacherous for them come the Western playoff, Western I, Conference playoff. I, I know that you don't feel as strongly about the Grizzlies. How do you feel about the Grizzlies in the matchup for the Mavs as a potential matchup? I don't like it because one thing that the Grizzlies will do, especially with John Morant being back, they will get into the paint at will. There is nothing. Yeah, the dudes love getting into the, the Mavs' big chest. They're just like, I'm going to run directly through you. And if anybody's here for any of that kind of play, it's the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay, that's yeah. fair. Fair enough. It's to get right. We're Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan. Let's turn our attention to the Texas Rangers. Levi Weaver of The Athletic joins us next to talk all things Rangers baseball on your home on the Rangers, 105 through the fan. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Back here on the Get Right with Reza KG on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Yep. Ruben Portillo holding it down for you here on your Turn It On, Leave It On station. About to be joined by Levi Weaver of The Athletic covering all things for your Texas Rangers as the Rangers get that much closer to opening day. Looking forward to seeing some Rangers baseball with this offense taking the field this year, but more importantly, the pitching staff led by Jacob deGrom, the $185 million man, going to be taking the mound for your Texas Rangers. At Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg, at Atula on Twitter right now. We do go to the Diamond Factory Hotline where we welcome in the Athletics' Levi Weaver. You can follow him on Twitter at 3-2-EFIS. Levi, what's going on, my man? I'm sitting here watching uh, the United States lose to Japan in the uh, World Baseball Classic Final. So uh, your boy knows how to party on uh, (laughs) nights when the Rangers aren't playing. Well, let's start with the World Baseball Classic real quick since you mentioned it. Have you been fascinated by, one, the pop and circumstance, and two, just like the way that this has gone on the the diamond for the World Baseball Classic? Yeah, 
it's it's been fun. I you know paid kind of close attention last time, but uh, except for the last couple of days, I was traveling back from Arizona to to Dallas and didn't have you know streaming in the in the car in the middle of the desert. But uh, I've actually paid a lot closer attention this year, and it's I I love it. I love seeing you know you got your two superpowers in the final tonight with Japan and the U.S. But it's also been fun watching these no-name teams from like, you know, the Czech Republic, and I was rooting for Great Britain because I lived there for a couple of years, and I like to pretend that I've got some connection over there. <laughs> um, it was a, it was a lot of fun, you know. Like the British team was great because you got this kid Harry Ford who's like 20 years old, hasn't played above high A, and here he is just playing against you know superstars, super mega stars, taking at bats against the you know Shohei Otani and guys like that, and it was it's so much fun and i think over the course of the next 15 20 years you're, as you start to see the sport develop in some more of these countries you'll see more finals that have teams other than you know like the dr us puerto rico japan uh, i think it's gonna be great fun the first time we get like a final that's got you know like the netherlands versus england or something um i can't wait levi as we wind down the world baseball classic what have you enjoyed most about this iteration of the world baseball classic I like the fact that you know there, there are stars that are playing. I, I love to see you know Mike Trout and Shohei Otani facing off against. You. Can you guys imagine if there was like an MLB team that had both of those guys on it? I imagine they would not be in an eight-year playoff slump. Uh, <laughs> One would think. <laughs> One would think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, just you know seeing these guys and and honestly watching the emotion. I think the U.S. is finally starting to come around and realize like, hey, you can celebrate when you hit a home run. And I would love to see that trickle back down into Major League Baseball games. I think celebration is fun, and baseball takes itself a little too seriously sometimes. You know, a guy celebrates a home run, all that means he's going to catch a fastball on the Reds next time up. Don't don't do that. Like, have fun. It's, you're not, there's a fine line between, you know, pointing at somebody and telling them how many generations of their children that home run is going to haunt. You don't necessarily <laughs> need to do that. But celebrate. It's cool. Throw your bat in the air. Like, jump around. Have a good time. I, I think that'll make the sport you know, a sport that talks about wanting to appeal to younger players. Like, appeal to them by showing how much fun the game is. It's a fun game. Yeah, there's – oh, man, that's a whole different conversation that we have about, like, the different stakeholders that are invested in very, various different ways. And I'm sure that we'll have that conversation soon. But, I mean, look, we need an update on what's happening in Surprise. Namely, you mentioned stars. There is a big one. Uh, an American who obviously is not in the World Baseball Classic. His name is Jacob DeGrom, and he finally pitched in a game. Uh, how mm-hmm. did that look? Can you you know catch us up on what Jace, Jacob DeGrom looked like on the bump? Well, you know, as a member of the media, you tend to, especially as a beat writer, you tend to watch games a little differently than fans. You know, you're not, there's no cheering in the press box and trying to keep things very objective. Uh, that was freaking phenomenal. It was so much fun <laughs> just watching the pitch. Um, he, you know, the first two innings he went out there. And at the end of the second inning, a couple of us in the press box turns, press box turned to each other like, I, I think, I think he's only thrown two balls. Like it's been all strikes except for two pitches. And sure enough, we were able to confirm that later. Um, he threw three innings, 34 pitches, uh, and 20, I think it was 28 strikes. And it just looks filthy, you know, touched triple digits a couple of times. His slider just goes up there and ducks at the last second. And then when you think you got that figured out, here comes the curveball or the changeup. And, and he throws all of them for strikes. And it's, that doesn't mean he's all throwing them, you know, straight down the pipe either. When I say strikes, a lot of times it was swinging strikes, the pitches that looked like they were going to be in the zone and ducked out at the last second. So 
He looked great, especially for a first spring start where guys are supposed to be out there like, oh, I was working on my fastball. That's why they hit six home runs in the second inning. It's <laughs> like, oh, I was working on my fastball. That's why I struck everybody out. Uh, it was great. He looked really amazing, and I think it's going to be a ton of fun to watch him pitch this year. What has been your biggest surprise so far for this team in spring training that you have observed from them? Uh, this is probably going to be a boring answer, but it is true. It's uh, Robbie Grossman. When the Rangers said they were going to sign a middle of the order, order lineup or middle of the lineup bat, um, we all expected that meant they were going to try and you know maybe they trade for Brian Reynolds from the, from the Pirates or you know get some mega superstar in left field. And then it was Robbie Grossman, and everyone was like, I forgot that he was still playing baseball. Uh, he's been he's been really good. I think last I checked, he's hitting over 400 for the spring. Um, he's looked like a perfectly passable left fielder. I think I think long term, it's still going to be you know maybe it's Evan Carter or Aaron Zavala. There, guys that are on their way up from the minor leagues, but are just not you know Carter's 20. He's played I think six games above a ball. That's not a guy you want to rush to the big leagues. Uh, but for a one year you know patchwork guy Grossman's looked pretty good I think he is going to be a nice little addition to the lineup so obviously the bullpen is something that and we're talking to Levi Weaver of the athletic right here on 105 through the fan but the bullpen is something that throughout the course of a season especially trade deadline is something that can be rather malleable season to season but at the start of the season obviously we're, we're all concerned about all the portions of it how is the bullpen looking and coming into shape and are we any close closer to finding a ninth inning guy for this team boy you you've identified the the big question um I, I thought there might be as many as two spots available in the bullpen. Uh, a little over a week ago, Bruce Bochy was like, oh, I don't know if that's accurate. It might be three. Um, I don't know which one of the guys I had locked in is fighting for his job. I didn't get that far with him. But, um, yeah, the bullpen's a, a question. And I, and I think maybe one of the potential solutions might be Cole Reagans, who was in the rotation mm. last year. I think it would be preferable if he sticks around as starting depth just because of the injury history of these starting pitchers. Um, but due to you know, his fastball averaged 93, 94 last year-ish. Um, or no, I'm sorry, it averaged 92. He was touching 93, 94. Came into spring this year and had gone through this workout program, and now he's touching 98, 99. Oh. Yeah. So that's a completely different pitcher than what we saw last year. Um I would personally love to see him be a, a member of the rotation at some point, but if those guys are healthy and the Rangers need bullpen help, uh, yeah, I'd take 99 from the left side. I think that'd be a big help. Um, as far as closer goes, I think the job is probably Jose Leclerc's to lose, but Will Smith has closed games before, so he's available. Jonathan Hernandez has closed games before. He's available. Joe Barlow has closed games before. He should not do that again this year. <laughs> um, and I don't mean that as a knock on him. It's just, you know, he's, he's just not. There's There's a... Uh, I think he's a perfectly passable middle innings, you know, maybe even a setup guy. Uh, just not quite closer stuff from him. So, uh, oh, he has a new pitch. So we'll, we'll see how that pans out. Levi, oh. you you you've, you've shaken the room in here by letting us know that Cole Rangins is touching ninety eight. And like, how how does somebody find five six miles an hour on a fastball? A workout, KG. Yeah. Listen, like I'm just saying, yeah. like that's <laughs> no, that, that is incredible. That's absurd. That was my question. I've got a, I mean, I've got an article up on the Athletic. If you, I mean, I can't, you know, give you a link that you can click with your ears, but uh, you can, you can find it on the Athletic. 
Um, and he talked about just the, it was some flexibility work. It was, uh, some lower body work that he did and, and basically went through this whole body scan and this, this company he was working with, sorry to that company that I can't remember their name right now, but it's in the article, um, just basically gave him some different movements and warm ups and cool downs to do. And I guess it, uh, he said he's gained about 13 pounds of muscle and is just hurling it up there in you know, Jacob de Grom territory now. So pretty cool i will be one i'll be reading that article before this show is over please believe that and two a reminder that you should always read our friend levi weaver of the athletic levi this is kind of a larger scale question um outside of just this season but obviously you have an ownership that has put a lot of money on the table and they have you know they've kind of hamstrung their way in this because the development is still happening in in the farm but that has not met i mean a 10-win jump in a season is a really good season for a lot of teams, but for this Rangers team, I don't think that it matches the million dollars or billion dollars or so or whatever that you've put into this and that you expect to maybe contend for a wild card. What happens if at the end of this season you've only jumped those 10 wins and are like at 76 games as opposed to maybe like the 500 or so that you would need to be close to that anticipation that people had? Well, I think probably instead of looking for a 10-win jump from 68 and 94, which is what they were last year, mm-hmm. probably a, a better thing to look for would be a 10-win jump from their Pythagorean win-loss. Because remember, they lost a lot of one-run games last okay. year. And I think they were a better team than their record showed and just found you know, very creative and uh, new ways to lose baseball games at the end. The question being in the bullpen obviously doesn't give me a whole lot of confidence that that's going to be different this year. But that many one-run losses, there has to be some bad luck involved there. So, if you look at a ten or even you know a seven or eight win jump from that seventy-seven and eighty-five that their you know runs that they scored versus runs allowed uh, shows, well then there you go. You're now you're looking at a playoff team. Now you're looking at somebody that. I don't think they're World Series contenders uh, right now as the team is constructed. I think they could use one more power bat and about two more relievers. Uh, incidentally, those are things that maybe this farm system is going to help them get, whether that be somebody that just has a monster season in double or AAA, or you trade from that depth and go get those guys. If it looks like you're a contender at the deadline, you can make a, a blockbuster trade. Um, I really do think, though, that the, the plan is probably to, you know, contend for a playoff spot this year, try to make it in as a wild card or, I don't know, Jose Altuve's hurt. Maybe there's a division opening, although the Mariners are going to make that tough. Um, and then next year, there is a certain pitcher that I happen to be, uh, I think he's warming up in the bullpen right now for Team Japan, that is also a killer designated hitter. And then we can see just how committed Ray Davis and company are to spending all of their money on players. But I, I would love to see them try to go get Shohei Otani and then try to go win a World Series in 2024. Oh, if this ball good. club acquired good. Shohei Otani and just put money. him in the middle of that lineup, it's just money. KG ball out. Could, I, I'm just just walk down this road with me for I'm about with thirty you. seconds. I'm with you. Imagine game one and two of a series, and you're running out Jacob Degrom and Shohei Otani. Don't forget, game one is Jacob Degrom with run support of Shohei Otani. <laughs> How's that sound to you, Lee? That's crazy. <laughs> I, I like it. 
I think, I, you know, I, I know it's a pipe dream. I know that the Yankees or the Dodgers are going to be like, well, we just sold the entire state of Wisconsin that you didn't realize we owned. But we traded it for and uh, we just traded it for, for Shohei Otani. He actually just gets to live there all year now, and everyone else gets kicked out. Um, uh, oh. Levi, before we let you go. What a world. Something I have only recently been alerted to is sometimes folks like yourself that are in the media – We'll get DMs asking for fantasy advice. Does this really happen to you? Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. It what? Does. It does. And my and my standard response is uh, to send a screenshot of the last year that I played fantasy baseball, which I think was 2019, and I finished in last place. And I'll, I'll just be like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I pay attention to one team, my man. You do not want well, like, oh, this prospect is coming up from the Orioles. Should I draft him? Like, I don't know. Go ask our Orioles writer. I have no idea. All right. Are, are these coming from people you know or unsolicited from people that you have no idea about? A little both, uh, and and I it slowed down recently as I respond to these DMs of like my man, I don't play fantasy sports. I'm sorry, um, I, I just don't have the time to do it. Like when because you know the life of a beat writer. I don't, I don't know how many people know this, but like we generally get to the ballpark about two p.m. and then we leave about midnight, and then we're actually on call sort of from you know. 24 hours a day if there's a trade or somebody gets injured or somebody's you know gets arrested for a DUI or whatever it might be so the last thing I want to do when I get home is pull open the laptop and be like all right boys let's see how the fantasy team did I'm going <laughs> to pour over some stats tonight and try to project how that's going to go let me set my um, daily lineup for tomorrow <laughs> yeah yeah no thank you it's like ooh, is no, Daniel good. Bard going to be pitching tomorrow <laughs> out of the right. pen wow yeah. wow you can find him on Twitter at 3-2-EFIS, covering the Texas Rangers for the Athletic. Good enough to join us here on the Get Right. He is Levi Weaver. Levi, as always, appreciate the time and perspective, sir. Enjoy the rest always of your evening. Do it. All, All right. right. Take care, guys. There Bye. he goes. Levi Weaver of the Athletic. Good enough to join us here on the Get Right. Um, I need to find that exercise. Let me see if I can make myself into – he found six miles per hour? Crazy. Out of nowhere? That's crazy. Is this former Raven about to be a bird of a new feather? We'll go around the NFL next on the Get Right. About to go around the NFL here on the Get Right. Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. What up? Ruben Portillo holding it down for you on your turn it on. Leave it on station. Really appreciate Levi Weaver of The Athletic for joining us last segment via the Diamond Factory Hotline talking all things Rangers baseball. As the Rangers get that much closer to their season opener, a little over a week away from the Texas Rangers opening up the 2023 Major League Baseball season. Like, I'm legitimately going to have to go out to some baseball games. Like, this this is the thing. I don't know if you're like me, and I really shouldn't cut in around the NFL because we only got so much time. Uh, I don't know if you're like me. I'm very much the person who's like, I got to do, I say, I say, I got to do that, and then I don't end up doing it. So, like, Take this with a grain of salt, but I really got to get out to Globe Life Field this year. So I'm going to see. I'm going to see if I actually get my keister out there. I mean, they got a tremendous schedule uh, starting, of course, during the regular season uh, when they open up against the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, the defending National League uh, pennant winners. So you got Thursday, March 30th, Saturday, April 1st. And then on Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN, the Rangers and the Phillies get after it 
at Globe Life Field. In fact, the Rangers open up their first one, two, three, four, five, six games at home. So a nice six-game homestand to start off the regular season with the Philadelphia Phillies and the Baltimore Orioles. So looking forward to hopefully a, um, as Jerry likes to call it, meaningful baseball coming uh, by the time we get to September where this team is hopefully competing at minimum for the second wild card spot in the American League because I think that should be the goal for this team to be competing for the second wild card spot by the time it gets to the end of the regular season. But long way to go before we get there. Uh, let's go around the NFL, this time for real, here on the Get Right. <laughs> Reggie Cagey here on 105.3 The Fan. We start with a defensive lineman that may be changing the colors of the bird he may be wearing in 2023. Calais Campbell is going to be visiting with the Atlanta Falcons, sources tell Mike Garofolo of the NFL Network. As the Falcons are planning to host a veteran defensive lineman on a free agency visit this week. Of course, he was recently released by the Baltimore Ravens, and he has kept the door open for a possible return to Baltimore. But at the same time, the 15-year veteran will meet with the Atlanta Falcons. This was a gentleman that Clarence Hill Jr. of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram uh, was banting about last night. This guy he would like to see possibly. I've always loved Calais Campbell. In a Dallas Cowboy uniform. Big old, you know, big, strong defensive tackle. Deep voice. Lovable, like, bear of a human being, right? Like, just fantastic human being. Great football player. What's not to love? If he signed with the Dallas Cowboys, for example, if Calais Campbell did, that means the Dallas Cowboys would have two of this particular thing. Do you know what that is? Two of this particular thing. You just you just randomly out of nowhere hit me with hit me with a, a trivia fact. Calais Campbell were to sign, they'd have two of this particular thing. I don't know what is it. Two winners of the NFL's oh, Man, Man of, of the, the year. year. I was just talking about how he's a great dude. I should That's remember right. that. Mm-hmm. I was trying to set you up there. But. Nah, yeah, I'm sorry. That's I'm not going to lie. I was in the middle of typing a message. <laughs> I try to multitask, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it don't. This is one of those times where it didn't. Of course, Dak Prescott, the reigning Walter Payton NFL's Man of the Year. Congratulations to Donta Hightower. On a fantastic career. On a fantastic career, as he has decided to retire after winning Three Super Bowls with the New England Patriots. The longtime linebacker officially announced his retirement today, saying, quote, I can't think of a better story than the one I wrote in New England, as he wrote an essay posted in the Players' He's Tribune. 33? Yeah, man. When did that happen? Getting out the game early. Like, I, I remember him playing at Alabama. Like, I guess nobody cares, right? Like, legitimately nobody cares about my little moments of feeling just a little bit older. But, wow. wow. Like, I like it feels recent that I remember seeing him at Alabama. Very interesting because, of course, he sat out the 2020 season. Yes, he was one of those folks that absolutely was like, you know what? I'm good on that. Um, I will sit out. On the COVID season. And he also sat out this past year. So, yeah, I wonder if it's just like, I wonder if this has something to do with that. Right. I wonder if he just had some realization about uh, the work that it takes to get up to football. If he wanted to still do football, uh, two time pro bowler, though. Hey, man, shout out to that man for a fantastic career and getting out when he felt comfortable getting out on his own terms. Especially at the age of 33, being able to have hopefully all his faculties as he now begins the second act of his NFL career. But the three-time Super Bowl champion uh, retiring after winning 
33 Super Bowl. Nah, Texas size reps, it doesn't work with 33. Now, KG, he 36! Relax. We, I thought we were going to make it. One show. It's not my fault. They was the one who did it. I was just responding to the truck uh, to the Twitch. Really, chat. Twitch? Yeah, I'm just I'm just being a man of the people. KG. Don't do that. You know that about me. Don't do that. Don't be the man of the people. No, I'm just joking. Oh, okay. I was like, look, you let me know. <laughs> Cam Newton declares, "Quote: He still got it after throwing more than 30 passes at Auburn's pro day today." Did you see some of the throws that he was making? I actually didn't. I forgot the Auburn's pro day, pro day was actually today. You know what? Let's do. Let's let's look at these uh these tweets. Uh, let's in honor of KG Cam Newton mm-hmm, Alabama mm-hmm, mm-hmm, pro mm-hmm. day. All right, let's see if we can find some of these throws. Oh wow, there's a whole 13 minute cut up. No, oh yeah, no that's Auburn. Pro. Okay, oh, all yeah. right. There's a fade route right to the place. Uh-huh. Okay, all right. I like that. I like that. Let's get forward a little bit. Of course, How trying. are you going to wait for me to do this? Oh, no, no, no. That's good. Okay, fantastic. Uh, the former NFL MVP back in 2015 was invited to throw uh, to his younger brother, Kalen, a former quarterback at Howard who finished his collegiate career as a wide receiver at Auburn and oh, William no. & Mary. Yeah. Um, so he had a chance to throw in front of scouts today as Cam trying to show the NFL he still got it because apparently – He's better than all 32 of them MFers out there. Yeah, well, I think, actually, is that his, what he said? That's exactly what he said. Oh, wow. I thought he said there ain't 32 better than me. Some, with the. Those are different things, KG. I just want you to understand. Those are very different things. I'm yeah. better than all 32 is different yes, than that's there's. That's very true. That's there's, very true. There's, there's, there isn't 32 better than me. Look, I'm seeing him make some throws here. However, this is the thing controlled environment, all that, so on and so forth. But. I, I'd be interested to see what teams think of him, especially as he is. I mean, I think the NFL has told us what they think of Cam Newton. Yeah, but also some of that was under the like. I always am interested in in the the context with which we become done with the player because some of that was like, yeah, I don't know if he could be a backup quarterback and all that, um, or that he wants to. He is he has shown that he is like capable of being somebody's backup and that he's okay with that. And if he can get out here and do the job, the problem is, right, like that's not always the reason why people want to back up. So, I don't know. I'm interested. Very interested. The trade market is officially heating up for DeAndre Hopkins. This coming from the NFL Network's Ian Rappaport today as the status of Arizona Cardinal star wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins comes into focus. Talks are ramping up among the interested team sources say – Similar to Brandon Cooks, a trade would likely mean an altered contract. Are you back? Uh, No, no. Uh, As much as I would like to see a triumvirate of, or actually, I would say. I don't know what the the word is for. Uh, I'm guessing it has something to do with quad. Yeah, as much as I would want to see those four dudes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. catching footballs from Dak Prescott, that would be. A little unfeasible at this point. Plus, if you're going to stick with the original reporting of Arizona that they're looking for a second-round pick and something of significance, Mm -hmm. that would definitely take the Cowboys out of any kind of conversation there. But as we have 
started to learn maybe there's uh, a reducing of the asking price potentially from Arizona if it comes to DeAndre Hopkins and eventually trying to get him out of there. It's very clear that he will not be back right. with them in 2023. Yeah, w- when you have a party that is like, all right, well, no takers, let me lower the tag. Like, it seems like they're all invested in making sure that he is no longer there this season. I'm interested to see which of these teams is going to be on the come up, ending up with a DeAndre Hopkins because they were able to wait it out until the price was right for them. I'm very interested. I, I saw, I've seen some like uh, ideas of maybe going to New England, and that is the type of player that can absolutely help the likes of a Mac Jones. Like a dude who is always open, absolutely gives you the bailout of I. Whether it's I can't read it or I don't know exactly what it is, let me just send that over there, right? Because I know he's about to be open. I I imagine that that could be a really good uh, landing spot for him. You know who I could see doing this real quick? I could see Kansas City doing this. Yeah, there's a lot of people who have been pointing to the Kansas City as well. And yeah, if the price is right, which I mean, it's sounding more and more like it's a possibility, giving your quarterback back to that place where he has a marquee pass receiver to get to as opposed to just kind of a stable of guys, which I mean, look, they managed to make it work with that. How much more when you have a guy who is always open or at least has if even if he is, you know, not exactly that same dude, a guy who has that kind of quality to him would be a very big ad for Patrick Mahomes. Speaking of quarterbacks real quick, um, Ben Roethlisberger nearly came back to the NFL a year ago. Is this correct? That's, I let him tell it, right? Um, Apparently, Ben Roethlisberger was saying that in the 2022 season, this past season, after um, Trey Lance got injured, that he was in contact with the Niners about possibly playing for them. (laughs) What makes you laugh? The idea that San Francisco would call Ben Roethlisberger to actually come play football. Hey, man, you telling me that they saw Brock Purdy in practice and was like, nah, let's go get the washed-up skyscraper of a quarterback. Let's see what he's on. And y'all keep trying to tell me San Francisco going one out here a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. Come on, man. They don't even believe that. Yeah, quote, they, uh, they were, I think, reaching out maybe just to gauge my interest, he told uh, Steelers now. Uh, I had discussions. I'd be lying if I say if I didn't say there was a small part of me that was intrigued. I could still do it and prove to people that I could still play. No, you can't. Um, at the end of the day, I just can't see myself in, an, in anything other than black and gold, is what he finally said. And my boy, good decision, because you know what would have happened if you'd gotten out in their play? It'll look just as bad as the last time. <laughs> Garbage. Although... One thing Garbage. that we can always talk about, <laughs> Kyle Shanahan does make this a lot easier for quarterback, right? <laughs> the reads are easy. Usually you throw in the dudes who are booty butt naked open. Maybe he can make it happen. Like Maybe I'm being a little too harsh on uh, Large Benjamin. Tell you something, man. Speed of San Francisco, we're crazy. We're to go to break. Um, the longer this Lamar Jackson thing goes, and now, of course, San Francisco doesn't have a first-round pick that they can give up this year in order to get him. They would have to wait until after the NFL draft in order to really you know, seriously engage about giving away a couple first-round picks. Let this thing keep going until after the NFL draft is over with. Oh, boy, it's going to get nasty. It's already getting kind of nasty, if we're being honest. If I'm San Francisco and he's still available after the NFL draft is over with, what's to keep me from going all in and going to get him? 
I mean, a lot of a lot of commitment to Trey Lance, at least in trading up for him. Bye. Okay. Just all right. Bye. Sure. I got an NFL MVP in his prime with Kyle Shanahan, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk. Oh, that's right. Debo Samuel and George Kittle still in that offense. Yeah, I'd want that dude. I feel like you'd have to give something of that up, though. Brandon, all right. You said Brandon Ayuk, bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. All right, okay. Coming up next on the Get Right, we're Reggie KG on 105.3 The Fan. Are NFL free agents being inspired by NBA contracts? We'll talk about it next on 105.3 The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.